Good morning. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. I'm going to read a portion from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we'll pray and spend just a little bit of time here on our Wednesday thinking about the Word of God together. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I've seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, He has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor taken away from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray today here on this Wednesday and ask for insight into this poetic language from the Old Testament. God, help us to see what we're meant to see here. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're an old hippie, you are probably thinking of that bird's song, um, beautiful uh, passage of scripture from the Bible. I love this passage from Ecclesiastes because what it does for me, and maybe for you as well, is reminds us that there is a season and a time for everything. And as I think about seasons, uh, I think about two different kinds of seasons. And sometimes these overlap. Actually, oftentimes these, these overlap. We have personal seasons, and then we have corporate or collective seasons. And usually a personal season is in dialogue with the collective season, but that's not always the case, and it's not always in a particular way. For instance, it's possible that some of you are sort of enjoying uh, this time of pandemic. Um, maybe you have a stable job and good health, and you enjoy the people you're with, or maybe you're a remarkable, profound introvert, and you're glad to have a lot more time on your own. Maybe you're loving down the slowed pace, and or you're you're just happy that things are Uh, more still than they were. You know, it's good and right for you to be in that personal season, to rejoice in a gift while acknowledging that your experience may not be shared by other people. The collective season we're in is not a good one. So I think if you're in a good season and it doesn't match the hard season around you, I think there's wisdom just to be careful about posting fun things on social media, tweets, Facebook. You don't want to appear to be tone deaf. But alternately, maybe we found ourselves at different times in our life in a dark season when others around us seem to be flourishing. It can be really disorienting when you are personally walking out of step with the world around you, but it does happen, both for better and for worse. But as we think about our current collective season, it's unmistakable 
that we're in a season right now. And this season is not a comfortable one in the macro on a number of fronts. The pandemic, racially charged violence, uh, the past number of weeks have left many of us, most of us, feeling unsettled. We've had unrest in our city and in other cities. We are certainly in a season. And I believe that uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, but really just the heart of God, calls us to acknowledge and honor seasons for what they are. It does us no good to pretend that we're not in a hard time if we in fact are. The moment I believe that we're in right now calls us to just acknowledge the moment that we're in a hard time. I think we're also in a season of retreat. The The pandemic is is inviting us to see this. Our, our, our bank accounts are retreating. The job market is retreating. The economy's in recession, which is just another way to say retreat. Uh, my mind keeps going back to John 15, that, that imagery that Jesus used about the pruning of the vine, that even fruitful things are occasionally cut back, trimmed back. And much of what is being experienced now is just bad and hard. But some of what we're experiencing, if you think of retreat in terms of a pruning, especially as it connects to your calendar, your busyness, your over-functioning, over-scheduling, there are some gifts in the midst of all the hard things. There's a sense in which we're in a season of retreat, and that means both hard, uh, bad things, and it means some small gifts will be coming to us. And I think it's important to acknowledge both of those. We're also in a season right now of grief and death. Uh, we have to be timely. We have to learn how to listen to know what the season looks like that we're experiencing. And right now, in our country and in the world, there's a lot of loss and hurt and death unfolding around us. Just seeing what happened on Friday night here in Atlanta is a stark reminder of how much pain exists in our country and in our city. And it's so important that we acknowledge this as being the season that we're in. Even if you're very personally having a, a season of joy or flourishing, we must acknowledge the collective pain that we're facing as a society. Otherwise, we'll look foolish, tone deaf, out of step. And speaking of out of step, my mind has gone to a ran relatively random passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. Speaking of uh, the sons of Issachar, the Bible says that the sons of Issachar understood or intuited the seasons in which they lived. They knew where they were. And I believe that God wants us to be sort of like the sons of Issachar. I once heard somebody say, if you go against the grain of the universe, you're bound to get splinters. God wants us to be those who work with him who walk in step with him. And I believe that when we walk in step, when we know the, the seasons, when we live as timely people, we're going to be more likely to be walking in alignment with and in the life of the Holy Spirit. So what does it look like for us to cultivate timeliness, an awareness of the times? I want to share four things before we, we finish. I believe that in order for you to be timely, Four things need to be at play in your life. Number one, you must have regular space for reflection. If we don't make space for reflection, we will ultimately just be reactive. And in this vein, Sabbath, uh, rest, stepping away from the grind, the trouble, the trauma uh, is essential or we'll never be able to see what's going on around us with any kind of clarity. I was recently reading that during the Cuban Missile Crisis, even John F. Kennedy, who had so much weight on his shoulders, would leave 
the Oval Office or the war rooms and go and tend the rose bushes at the White House. He had to step away to reflect in order to be engaged in a meaningful way. That's true for John F. Kennedy. It's also been true for the people of God. It's certainly true for you and for me. We have to carve out regular space for reflection where you get out of the battle. And you have to be intentional. Number two, we have to seek out deep and honest relationships. Recently on the podcast, I spoke about the reality that when we speak the truth in love, we grow up into maturity. We need to seek out truth in love people. We need to be those kinds of people for others and look for them to come to us. If you have deep and honest relationships, you will be more likely to be aware of what's going on both in you and around you. People help us. They help us by putting boundaries around us, and we need them. Number three, we'll be timely when we learn to listen to God. Like rain on a hard soil that softens it, when we spend time with God, He softens our souls, our hearts. He makes us more receptive. When I spend time in the Word of God, the Bible, and time in prayer, time in silence and solitude, uh, in the spiritual disciplines that cultivate awareness, things like Lectio Divina and examine, I hear God more readily. And when I hear God, uh, I am more timely, more tender, more responsive. And fourthly, finally, we'll be more timely, we'll be more aware of the seasons we're in as we learn to be present in the moment. I believe we lose so much we miss so much by simply failing to be present. Some of us, maybe many of us, are always somewhere else, either out in the future or back in the past. We're rarely present because we're always hoping for something different or something new to happen or worrying that the good thing we're experiencing is going to have a shelf life that's limited and run out on us. And so many of us struggle to be present. And if you're not present, you won't know what's happening in you and around you. If you're not present in the moment, you won't experience God. God is always ever present. And so if you're somewhere else, you won't encounter God. So those four spaces, I would commend these four practices to you. Regular space for reflection, deep and honest relationships, learning to hear God, and number four, learning to be present. And this is why I think the text ends with that commentary on work. What, what's more present than eating, drinking, and enjoying your toil and going to sleep? My prayer for you today is that you would do your best today to be right where you are. If you are present, you will notice more. You will see more. I think being present is like the difference between driving 70 miles an hour and walking. When you drive, you may get there faster, but you will miss all the details of the landscape. As you go 70 miles an hour down the highway, the landscape around you is simply a blur, and that's the way many of us live our lives. It's going from A to B and blur all around us. But when you walk, when you slow down, you see things that you would otherwise completely miss. So maybe today, in an effort to be present, to be alone, to be with God, or to be with a friend, get outside and walk. That's what I'm about to do with some dear friends of mine. And I would commend some practices that would settle you and make you present because I think they'll make you timely. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you when we see you. Amen.